This is uh, January 26th, 2020, and uh, the title I'm going to give this Teisho uh, is The Dharma of Driving. Uh, driving, uh, there's so many, not just life lessons that we learn uh, in driving, uh, but um, there's so many truths, so many dharmas, uh, plural, uh, that are we need to apply in driving. Uh, starting with mindfulness, uh, much of what I'm going to say falls under the category of mindfulness. Uh, just a little reference here, uh, there's what this is called the Noble Eightfold Path. Uh, this is This was the in the first, very, very first discourse of the Buddha after his great enlightenment, uh, he gave a kind of prescription of how to uh, live in truth, let's say. And uh, the seventh and eighth of the these eight uh, are uh, right mindfulness and right concentration. Uh, right concentration, I don't think really fits much in with driving. Concentration comes from the root word to collect or to bring together. Uh, and from everything I've ever heard about driving and f- from my experience and a long life of driving, the key thing is to be mindful, not concentrated in a focused way, but to be aware. There's a, there's a danger after a seven-day session uh, of being so uh, having tunnel vision and driving, driving uh, home or wherever, um, and that's the opposite of what we want while driving. We want to have uh, this panoramic awareness, which is we could call mindfulness. We could say there are just two two basic kinds of awareness. So that's one way of dividing it, categorizing it. Uh, one is the uh, Kind of the focus directed awareness attention of like that of a flashlight where you have we have this beam of attention that we can aim anywhere we choose so in in regular sitting we try to keep that beam and i'm not talking about shikantaza here shikantaza there is no beam you just have this broader awareness but in breath practice and koan practice we direct this beam of attention on the practice, uh, trying to hold it there and to penetrate or to get to get deeper into what that object of concentration. And out of long habit, our, uh, that beam keeps wandering off uh, in this direction and that direction, uh, wanders into the future of concerns, anxiety, worries, rehearsing, that's the beam goes that way, and then it goes back to memories, uh, replaying things that have happened, people have said to us, we've said to others, things we've done, they've done. And uh, our job in Zazen is simply, each time we notice that the beam has gone off beam, then to bring it back to the breath or to the koan. Um, and then this way, building a, a uh, having the, developing the ability to hold the mind steadily on one thing at a time 
and bringing, being able to bring our resources all, gather them together, uh, and in this way being most effective. Well, that's that that uh, flashlight attention uh, is one thing. The other, uh, we could say, is mindfulness is what uh, one person described as lantern awareness, where the light of awareness of attention is uh, panoramic. It's all around, not not fixed on one thing, and. Uh, um, it's just that that is so vital, I would say, central to uh, driving safely and effectively is uh, having that, that broad uh, awareness. So just to get into some of the nuts and bolts of that, we've got the mirrors on the car. Uh, we've got this, the rear view mirror in front of us. We have the side view mirrors. These are so, so helpful. And 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 uh, if we use them, if while driving we keep checking, checking in to those three mirrors uh, to know where where we are. Uh, dashboard indicators. We have to know what's going on inside the car too. We got a lot of things going on in driving. A lot of what we what we need the, the skills that we need to develop to move move well through the world in our lives, our daily lives, are all all uh, <clears throat> gathered together while of while driving a car. Sounds we can't just rely on on sights. We have to be attuned to what's going on outside, the uh, emergency vehicle sirens or uh, something, some sound that uh, should concern us about the car, the functioning of the car, some knock or scrape or something. And uh, we can't do that very well if we have the uh, radio on too loud or uh, any other audio system is going on too loud, much less uh, using one's cell phone. This is so reckless while driving. Don't even. I hope I don't even need to comment on that. To be uh, my, under the, the the category of mindfulness, to be aware uh, when driving, uh, say especially slowly and sort of slow traffic of uh, other cars uh, that uh, from side streets that may want to uh, be waiting to turn in. Um, this is really a mindfulness thing: is not to be so self-absorbed. Uh, that we don't notice that there are others who may have a rough time, especially in rush hour traffic, a rough time getting out of the side streets onto the the street we're on, and uh, it's kind of a can be kind of a touchy thing if you if uh, let's say if if you've got a, plenty of cars ahead of you waiting at a red light, well that's the obvious place to let some. What do you lose by letting someone in? Uh, if you let, let two people in, two or more people in, then uh, you run the risk of of uh, stressing the people behind you. Um, I go up and down East Avenue all the time, uh, coming to and from the center, 
And uh, I've learned that uh, if there's no one behind you, then you can uh, be more generous. But uh, uh, And sometimes it just doesn't make sense. I'm having been on a side street myself, wanting to pull onto a, a larger street, um, and, and you see there's just one car, one more car that has to pass you, uh, and then you can pull in. Um, you, you, I would rather they just do it. Go ahead. There's no other one, no one behind that person. Just get out there, and then I'll I'll come in. Otherwise, it gets to this. No, you first. No, you first. No, you first. <laughs> uh, another feature of mindfulness is is uh, of course uh, reading, knowing the the road conditions. <clears throat> And the weather conditions, if it's fog. Now, this is basic stuff. Everyone knows this. Uh, but winter, winter presents special challenges in this. And, uh, and we have some very uh, particular place here on Arnold Park uh, that demands mindfulness. When you're, when you're going down, you're getting to uh, the end of Arnold Park. That's about, you're about to turn onto Park Avenue or, or else cross Park Avenue. It's often, uh, hazardous uh, ice conditions there for some reason down there, and uh, and you want to be sure if there's if you have any doubt about the ice the conditions of the road to start slowing down before you get to the intersection. Otherwise, uh, you can slide right in, out into Park Avenue, and uh, people have done that. All of these things take mindfulness, you know. It's it's how are you gonna how are you gonna remember to check mirrors if you're lost in your thoughts? How are you gonna remember to check the dashboard indicators if you're lost in thoughts? How how can you remember to uh, pay attention to other vehicles that you need to be attention if you're lost in thoughts? How can you be aware of the icy <clears throat> road conditions or patches of ice if you're lost in thoughts? You could say that that uh, this Taisho is is really aimed at people who think that Zen practice or even Buddhism as a as a religion is some otherworldly thing. I think to to uh, people who are ignorant of Buddhism, uh, they can can think of it as some alien, spooky, strange kind of thing. Remember the first time I met. A woman who identified as a Buddhist. This was when I was still living in Ann Arbor College. I went into a head shop, and <laughs> and um, she was behind the counter. She was, boy, was she cute. And and she <laughs> she uh, and she pretty soon I was chatting with her, and pretty soon she uh, said, "I'm a Buddhist." Now she looked pretty normal, <laughs> and I remember thinking, "Whoa, wait a minute." A Buddhist who looks like this? <laughs> um, so, so it's so, this practice, whether you call it Zen or Buddhism, just if you just, you can pass up the Buddhism if you want, but just even in Zen, there's nothing uh, otherworldly about it. It's, it's all about how to function well uh, in one's daily life and not cause harm. And uh, driving can 
cause more harm than just about anything we do on a regular basis. I remember my mother, um, after one of my accidents, I had, my first two years of driving, I had uh, 12 accidents. <laughs> and uh, coming home, coming home with a, you know, deformed vehicle, which wasn't mine, it was my parents. And uh, at one point she said, shrieking at me, she said, a car is a weapon, it's a dangerous thing. And, uh, you know, I said, yeah, whatever, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I came to see that it was. A lot of driving is just controlled, you could say controlled aggression. You know, you're in this this machine, this, and uh, in no time you're at a speed where you can do a tremendous amount of damage. <clears throat> Many of my own uh, driving uh, skills, such as they are, came from these all these accidents. There was one where uh, I was racing a, a girl at high school, I was racing her to some place or other, and I passed her, then she passed me. No. Vice versa. First she passed me, and then I got ahead of her, and I was turning into, to win, the winning circle. I was turning left, and uh, she passed me, or tried, <laughs> and ran into me as I was turning left. Um, now that was, uh, that was my, my big lesson about checking side view mirror before turning left. And it was hers, hopefully it was her lesson uh, to not assume that... Uh, the draw the car in front of you is just going to keep going straight. <laughs> That's another thing that uh, driving, another life lesson that driving teaches us is not to assume anything. You know that old saying, uh, assume, when you assume, you make an ass of you and me. I think really, um, besides the word mindfulness, it's as far as driving goes, you could sum it all up in, in yes, in terms of mindfulness, but that includes defensive driving. I heard that so often uh, when I was learning to drive, drive defensively, and you know, it's just so true. We, 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 you could be the best driver in the world, but if you're if you're not ready for other drivers to make mistakes, then you're going to be in trouble. This requires a lot of mindfulness, a lot of attention. Moment by moment, other drivers can do can surprise you with what they're going to do. You have to be so alert to what they're doing. And then that's even if they're sober, much less if they're, they've been drinking. Then all bets are off. Expect the unexpected. We can extend mindfulness into um, parking. Um, And I think of the the second precept, uh, not to take what is not given. Uh, We struggle with this here in a Zen Center parking lot. We don't have lines uh, to mark the parking places. And uh, it's it's difficult. Um, We share the parking lot with uh, the yogis, who come for uh, to open sky, and uh, 
I know that staff probably gets tired of me saying this, but uh, about about parking very mindfully, it really it comes down to not taking more than your own share, being considerate of others, not not careless, not uh, self-centered. The uh, the 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 row of cars. Uh, pointing toward, when they're parked, they're pointing toward the Buddha Hall. Uh, we can get five cars in there, but not if people take more than their share. Uh, respecting lines, in, in parking lots where there are lines, uh, not mindlessly you know, rushing, pulling your car in so that you're you're straddling a line even a little bit. It just makes it harder for others. Respecting uh, handicapped uh, spots. Here's one. Uh, I noticed at Wegmans that um, there is often a car that chooses not to park, but to stand, to be sitting, unmoving. It's called standing to stand outside one of the entrances. They don't want to bother to park uh, and walk, so they stand there. Not that it bothers me. <laughs> Nor does it bother me when uh, I'm, I'm second or third or fourth in a line of cars in a left turn lane and the, the light switches to a green left turn green light on, for a left turn, and the first guy there in the line just sits there. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> no concerns. I got all the time in the world. I know I've got, uh, whatever, 10 seconds, 15 seconds. I'm first in line. And then uh, as far as parking on, on Arnold Park, boy, we have a, this is kind of the uh, a real advanced parking challenges on Arnold Park. Uh, the, the left side is so tight and um, a car, every once in a while, a car will be parked not snug up against the curb uh, but out a ways and then you have to, you're forced if you're going to get around them to come up and go up on the median, drive on the grass. Uh, in, of course, in the winter, in snowy conditions, it's even worse. Uh, you can barely get by. I know I'm not telling any of you anything you don't know. So we have to be sure, if we are par parking on Arnold Park, to get over as far as we can. And I think it's okay in the winter, the dead of winter. You're not going to damage the, the grass if you just get up on the curb some to allow a little more space for people to pass you, get to, to slip past you. We also, there's a... There's a um, and this is still in the realm of uh, courtesy. There's a uh, as you're as you're about to pull out of our driveway. You, of course, you can only turn left because it's a one-way street. And sometimes there's a vehicle parked so close at the left there. That first vehicle is parked so close to the driveway that you you can't. Get, the only way to get by the vehicle is to drive up on the mall, or sometimes go the wrong way on Arnold Park. Uh, which I've sometimes done when there's no no one moving out there. 
And then while I'm at it, I would just mention about uh, uh, another, besides parking, another practice opportunity uh, is comes when, if you are uh, stopped uh, for anything by police um, and to uh, watch the mind, watch your reactions. <coughs> and that that's another way to sum up uh, the Dharma of driving is is to as a practice of non-reactivity. One of the uh, reasons I reformed in my my habit of speeding was I just got fed up with the the cop uh, standing over me, standing at the window, and uh, looming over me and saying, "Driver's license and registration." It's uh, another way of framing uh, the, you could say, the Buddhist driving, is uh, is learning to refrain from the three poisons. Uh, three poisons are greed, anger, and delusion. Uh, consider ways in which greed can play out in our driving. Uh, I had to think about this a little bit. I suppose you could say that. Um, uh, pushing it too far to get through a yellow light could be a kind of greed. Speeding itself, I would say, is, is a form of greed. Grasping, wanting, impatience. And then you see it sometimes in, in parking lots where uh, two cars are sort of equidistant from the same parking place and um, there has to be this negotiation, okay, who who goes? Who take who gets it? That uh they're like as when as when we uh extend the courtesy of letting people get in ahead of us, um this can also be seen as a practice of dana. Dana is the Sanskrit word for generosity or giving. It's the first of the six paramitas. A lot of a lot of we can do our part to reduce stress on the roads just by being more giving, more yielding to others. It's hard if you're late, you're trying to get somewhere and uh to extend that courtesy is, is harder then. I've uh, heard more from more than one source that Rochester, the city of Rochester, is uh, an exceptionally as exceptionally courteous people. There, there was uh, at least one uh, study. Uh, field field study of uh, by social psychologists, where they found that uh, 
that uh, as far as rank, ra- ranking cities of our size in terms of courteousness, uh, Rochester was number one, the most courteous. And I don't find that hard to believe when I see how how common it is for people to let in other people uh, to yield. And we find while driving that we're more vulnerable to our reactivity uh, when we're under stress, when we're tired. That's another thing to be mindful of. What's, what's our own condition? What are we more susceptible to in our reactivity? And then the three poisons, greed, uh, anger, anger, hostility, irritation, annoyance. This is always uh, an ever-present danger. I learned a long time ago that uh, if, a, if another driver is, is driving aggressively, um, that what helps to neutralize our, our, an angry reaction from oneself is to make up a little story. Just very brief. It doesn't take long. Um, okay, so someone cuts you off. Uh, here's what the kind of things that have worked for me in the past. Okay, he's he's late. Uh, he's he's has a pattern of being late, and his boss said, "If you're late one more time, that's it. You're out." Or another one uh, is. Uh, uh, he just had a fight with his wife, uh, or she, he just learned that his wife is leaving him. It doesn't take long. You can do that in a second or two to just go to some old familiar stories. And this, this, this is using our imagination. There's nothing wrong with imagination in the right context. Uh, using our imagination to just um, temper our temper, uh, to ease what would otherwise be this uh, a reaction straight out of the amygdala. Of course, this doesn't have to be done only while driving. Anytime we encounter uh, people who are disagreeable or aggressive or hostile, you can make up the same stories and it can help a lot. Think of all the, of all the heartache that has, that has come as a consequence of road rage terrible, terrible, terrible suffering, things that people regret their whole life. The third of the three poisons after greed, anger, and after greed and anger is delusion, which is sometimes, I think it's more, it's easier to relate to in this context uh, as it's, it's translated as confusion. Um, where people just, a driver doesn't seem to know what she or he's doing, uh, kind of drifting, um, sending mixed signals, 
I think there are uh, a pretty high number of elderly drivers on East Avenue. And uh, this is another little thing I've had to work on is when you get behind a vehicle that's going very slowly or takes five minutes to complete a turn into a driveway uh, to just, okay, they're probably very, just make it up. Maybe they aren't, but okay, maybe they're very old. They're very unsure. They're frightened. They're anxious. Give them a break. And uh, I think never or rarely to use the horn. That's just going to be a provocation. I was at, uh, in some parking lot, I think it was uh, the old uh, grocery store, Hearts Supermarket, Hearts Market, um, off of East Avenue, and uh, there was a, there was, uh, I was starting to pull out of a parking place, and uh, another driver was backing closer and closer and closer to me, and I wasn't sure that he saw me, so I laid on the horn longer than he wanted me to. And uh, I was just afraid it hit me. So I, then I kept driving. I thought that was it. And then as, as I'm pulling out of the driveway, he comes running over and just blind with rage. He had spittle coming out of his mouth, screaming obscenities at me. That would not be the time to stop and get out of the car. And, and uh, <laughs> That happened to me once, and uh, again, I was in college, and I, my temper was just absolutely out of control, and uh, someone cut me off in an intersection uh, right, right in uh, front of the student union in Ann Arbor, and uh, by God, it was my turn, four-way stop, it was my turn to go forward, and this guy cut me off. I stopped the car, jumped out, and tried to chase him down, stopped the car in the middle of the intersection. <laughs> So I know how this road rage can happen. It's, 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 it's this force beyond us. And then I, I can't resist telling of the other extreme where uh, last year, um, no, uh, yeah, just about six weeks ago, um, my wife was sitting in her car at a, at a stop sign, and uh, she got rear-ended. A uh, car coming up behind her slid on ice and rammed into her, and she got out of the car, went up to the woman, and gave her a hug. She could see that she was terribly upset. Um, and then I, I was playing with uh, other Buddhist doctrine that comes into play while driving uh, uh, the six paramitas. Um, six paramitas are the, the six qualities that are developed through practice and that we need to develop uh, to become seasoned uh, practitioners. And uh, these are... Uh, I mentioned dana, uh, giving, yielding, generosity. This is the, one of the biggest ones we can we need to develop while driving. Second is uh, 
Sheila, it's spelled S-I-L-A, they pronounce it Sheila, which means morality or upright conduct. And uh, we know this from uh, our ceremony of taking the precepts, Jukai. Uh, the ones that I flagged, especially for driving, is uh, I mentioned uh, precept number two, not to take what is not given, uh, especially in parking. Uh, number five uh, is... Uh, not to cause others to abuse alcohol, drugs, nor to do so yourself. Well, that probably doesn't require any elaboration. Using alcohol or drugs behind the wheel is an invitation to horror and regrets for one's whole life. Number eight. Eight is uh, not withholding spiritual material aid. And then uh, number nine is anger, not indulging in anger. Anyone could uh, agree that uh, having rage take over you on the road uh, is completely stupid and and potentially disastrous. But it's one thing to understand that. It's the other is to be able to um, not be able to ref to refrain from uh, ang anger, uh, and that's that takes training. This is what we're doing. This is to change our um, our our habit emotional habit energy, our, our patterns of reactivity, this takes a physical training, which such as practice, Zen practice. You can't just figure it out in your head, uh, and, you know, based on stories you read about terrible things that happen on the road. It takes time. Uh, the third of the six paramitas is the Sanskrit is kashanti, which um, which means forbearance. Sometimes it's translated as patience, but I think a better word is forbearance because uh, forbearance is the kind of patience you need in the face of provocation, mistreatment of something. Virya is the fourth paramita, and this. Uh, this is uh, means vigor or zeal or effort, and this I think this isn't doesn't really fit much with driving, except um, if if one is just uh, drifting on the road and and uh, going too slow. It, an example that came to mind is when uh, if you're passing someone on the on the throughway, so there's two lanes going the same direction, and you're passing someone not to just hang back, hang in there, uh, but to do your pass, get get enough uh, energy to get around the car and then pull in when it's safe. And then the those four, you could say, the first four of the six paramitas, uh, giving, upright conduct, forbearance, and, and uh, zeal or, or vigor, these these also could be seen as the skillful means of the of the of the six these four, and then the other two are more in the realm of wisdom. 
um, which is not something that is so applicable to driving unless you have unless you think of it in terms of meta awareness where you while driving you have the ability to have detachment from everything that's going on and uh, in that way again um, being free of reactivity uh, taking the big picture put it that way that uh, for example uh, speeding what is speeding really bias uh, not much I've read that they've done studies and depending on the, the distance you don't gain much a few minutes by speeding and you risk you always there's a risk there's also a risk to animals on the road especially uh, at uh, dawn or dusk, especially dusk. I think of this every time I going to and from Chapin Mill, especially in the fall. Uh, it can happen like that, where a deer leaps out out of nowhere. So I always drive more slowly in the fall and at dusk and at night. Anyone who's made uh, many trips out to Chapin Mill or back or, of course, other country roads. You just see the carnage, the raccoons and the foxes and the woodchucks and and the deer uh, from... They may have been avoided, maybe, for driving more slowly. So this, just to finish up, the six paramitas, the fifth and sixth. The fifth is concentration or samadhi, shamatha, um, and the only, as I said earlier, I don't think concentration plays nearly import, as important a role in driving as mindfulness. The, uh, the, the flashlight attention is less important than the lantern attention, but still, um, I guess you could say that uh, not daydreaming uh, is, it's one thing to have a, a, a panoramic awareness of everything that's going on, all these moving parts out on the road, that's one kind of um, non-focused attention. The other uh, is uh, a problem. That's when you're daydreaming. And the last of the two, uh, the last of the six paramitas, prajna, wisdom. I touched on that. Detachment. Um, I also mentioned about what, what happens after you get in an accident because um, if you drive long enough you're going to get in an accident even if you're a perfect driver someone's going to do something um, and there another there talk about stress you know all everything that can happen after an accident um, and to have awareness of yourself your potential anger uh, in dealing with the other driver, again, forbearance, patience, and uh, there, if it was your fault, then the generosity, the the willingness to say so. Uh, just before um, the sitting end of this morning, right before Taisho, I thought of this koan in the uh, in the Mumonkan, um, 
for obvious reasons, as I re- reference it here, it's number eight in the Mumon Khan called Kechu's Karts. Um, here's the case, very short. Uh, Master Getan said to a monk, Kechu, that's the Japanese name of the first wheel maker in ancient China, Kechu made a cart whose wheels had a hundred spokes. If you took off the wheels and removed the axle, then what would it be? So the important point of the koan is what is, what is this master, this Chinese master mean when he says he took off the wheels and removed the axle? You can be sure he didn't move it, mean it literally. These are metaphors. Koans are metaphors. There's another one that springs to mind, a verse in the Mumon Khan where uh, it goes like uh, throwing away the bamboo basket and the wooden ladle. Same, same thing. Removing, throwing away. And in the verse of this of Kechu's cards, when a wheel spins rapidly, even a master cannot follow it. It moves in all directions, above and below, north, south, east, and west. This is the, the Mumon here is, is pointing to what is beyond all of these skills that that that, that we first have to master, uh, and then having. Master, having uh, got it into one's body, where one is responding um, no-mindedly as as needed, um, and then this is the other the other end of it, the other beyond it, beyond all the all the abilities and practical things. All right, our time is up. We'll stop and recite the four hours. Without number, I vow to liberate endless blind passions. I vow to uproot Dharma gates beyond measure. I vow to penetrate the great way of Buddha. I vow to attain. All beings without number, I vow to liberate endless blind passions. I vow to uproot Dharma gates beyond measure. I vow to penetrate the great way of Buddha. I vow to attain. All beings without number, I vow to liberate endless blind passions. I vow to uproot Dharma gates beyond measure. I vow to penetrate the great way of Buddha. 
I bow to attain.